The following program is produced by Rosado Marketing. The views and opinions of the host and guests are not necessarily those of this station. Now, Nevada Real Estate Radio. Nevada Real Estate Radio has helped thousands of listeners make the right decisions when buying homes or refinancing. You'll never go wrong when you get your advice from real estate professionals that you know, like, and trust. Here is your host, Peter Padilla. Good day, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Nevada Real Estate Radio. This is Peter Padilla, and I'm pleased to be with you today on a very nice summer day in the best state in the West, best state in the country, in fact, Nevada. Boy, there's a good reason that we live here. Wide open spaces, beautiful scenery, lots of activities, close to California, but not California. We can visit it anytime we want. When you buy a home in northern Nevada, you're really buying a home for the future. There's tons and tons of talk about companies moving into northern Nevada and making our economy and our whole lifestyles change dramatically for the positive. It's called the Tesla effect, and more and more people are talking about that because it's in the news, and the construction sites are busy with the growth of this new technology that's coming in our direction. Tesla is the big factor, but there are many other companies coming as well. Talk about Switch and other supporting companies. In fact, many uh, prognosticators are talking about that there should be somewhere in the neighborhood of 50,000 new jobs in the next five years. It's like another town or two. Imagine another Carson City coming to northern Nevada. Well, maybe it won't be quite like that, but it's still enough to make us stop and think. We need experts to help us make decisions if we're looking to buy or sell real estate now or in the coming years. With us in the studio today, we have two outstanding guests to join us and talk about those opportunities and challenges. In the studio, Alan Zane. Alan is the broker and owner of Atlas Red Realty in northern Nevada. Welcome to the show, Alan. Hello, Peter. Thanks for having me. We're glad to have you here as well. Are you enjoying the summer, doing anything fun? Uh, I am. been out working on some houses, rehabbing some houses, getting some things turned around. Mm-hmm. Just doing what I do. Yeah, are you, and you have fun doing what you do. I want to talk to you later in the show about what you think the opportunities are looking like for new investors or seasoned investors with the coming changes in our Nevada economy. So I'm glad you're with us today. Yeah. Also with us, Michelle Holbert. Michelle is a mortgage lender at Caliber Home Loans. Welcome to the show, Michelle. Hi, Peter. Thank you. I'm glad you're here today. I bet you're having fun this summer. Oh, always. L- lots of uh, exploring the back roads of Nevada and rehabbing a couple houses as well. Yeah. Well, so you're in the business, but you're on the business too because you like you just like doing what you do. I do. Just a few months ago, people were talking a lot about the housing shortage. The opportunity to buy homes was thin because there just weren't that many homes in the market. But I believe I read in one of the trade publications recently that there was a record month that we had as far as sales go here in northern Nevada. Did you see any of that content yourself, Michelle? I did. Yeah. Yeah. June and July actually were the two best months that we've had um, as our company Mm -hmm. since we've been in existence. And it was great transactions. Um, It has slowed a little bit. And I think part of that is just the Mm -hmm. everybody starts school so early now that I think people have to kind of take a couple weeks off for their vacations and, you know, getting everything done. I'm seeing the volume pick up again now. I was at the Reno Real Estate Investors Club, our monthly meeting last night, and one of our moderators said almost verbatim the same thing, that he felt like because of the split school years that are prevalent nowadays and 
people just want to take advantage of the summer while it's still there get out and do some vacationing take some travel time maybe spend time enjoying hot august nights and then they'll get back into their frame of mind with still some summer left so i'm hopeful as he is that we're still going to have some good activity for the rest of the summer into the fall and who knows if the technology growth continues the way it's projected to grow uh, we may be having more record months as we round the year in the winter wouldn't that be something to have huge months in december january yeah i yeah we've seen it a couple of times in the past but it, it has been a while so yeah mm-hmm. i welcome yes. the change and with the um the weather what it's been with our our drought that we have in the west the winter doesn't seem so much like winter anymore i remember when the challenge was going out to look at homes in the winter because they're covered with snow (laughs) how could you buy a house or or or, you know judge what a landscaping job looks like when it's totally covered we haven't had those issues in the last couple of years that's true we haven't but let's hope we get a little bit of that this year (laughs) yeah i'm hopeful that's one of the reason people like to live in northern nevada is you get a little bit of snow and snow recreation so yes i want to get my ski pass this year and enjoy it too alan zane at atlas red realty alan you work primarily with investors and you were sharing with me before the show started today that one of your longtime investor clients is continuing to go out and about and look at properties why don't you share a little bit about kind of activity that you're working with what we've been looking for is cash flow which has been a little bit elusive now with the pro with the prices being so high but I'll tell you, we, we've we, when we when we just start networking and and talking to people and finding deals and finding situations, we've been able to find those. I think that the you know the four Ds of real estate always apply, and those and the four, the four Ds, if you don't know, are, are are death, divorce, debt, and disability. Uh, each of those things happen to people on a constant basis, mm-hmm. right? And uh, and those are what change the dynamics of why you own real estate. Mm-hmm. And when you can recognize that and realize that that's what you're that's what you're looking for. Um, you can pr- solve problems, and mm-hmm. that's what we do. We go out and find find the problem and solve it. Mm-hmm. It does seem like more and more, and maybe it's because I'm getting older every day, but I hear more of people having those challenges, those 4D challenges. Mm-hmm. And I guess it does happen as you get older. I mean, once you get married, you're you're in line for a possible divorce. And once you've been on the job for a while, you're in line for a possible Disability. We all have to deal with death, whether it's uh, for an immediate family member or uh, parents, grandparents, and complexities start to roll at that time. I work a lot with Sherry Hill at Sage International, and she works with people that have incorporated their businesses or people that haven't done that and should have. And the challenges come when it's time to talk about the end game. How do you get out of this real estate transaction? What's going to be your your process for selling so that you can avoid taxes and when it comes to death the probate issues are huge Uh, a person can work all their lives all their life for building a foundation basically of their of their wealth of their net worth only to lose a bulk of it if they don't structure it properly with taxes as you're working with your investors alan i bet they have a pretty good handle or let's say a process whereby they shelter these properties definitely we we have trusts uh, we have llc's um, corporations. There's 1031 tax exchanges. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just a plethora of different items that you need to have in place in order to, to maintain, build, and control your wealth. Mm-hmm. Last night at the Investors Club meeting, we were um, given a presentation by Jamie Cook. And Jamie is a wealth advisor from MC Squared Wealth uh, Solutions. And what she was talking about was uh, the way that you can exit owning a piece of property without having to 
pay all the taxes without having to do a 1031 exchange, which basically requires you to buy another property. Mm-hmm. When you're 70, 80, 90 years old, I mean, do you really want to buy properties? I, most people want to liquidate them. Well, they have a great process called the monetized installment sale process, and I'm not sure if either one of you are familiar with that, but it's it's a great way to sell real estate and essentially get most of the money right away. In fact, in her case, she was talking about when you sell that property, you essentially get 93 to 95% of the proceeds in cash without having to pay any taxes on it because it's done as a monetized installment sale. So imagine this, you're 85, 90 years old, you're selling a two, three, four, five million dollar piece of property. The the hit on taxes would be huge. But with a monetized installment sale, you're getting paid in a lump sum, almost 95% of the proceeds come to you, but because it's technically a loan, you don't have to pay taxes on it for 30 years. So if you're 85 years old and you get a tax due in 30 years, there's not a whole lot to worry about down the road. <laughs> yeah. It's a strategy that most most people question, but when Jamie explained it, it's really a it's in the tax code. It's something that has been done for years. It's just not very well known. Those unusual tax strategies, I think, are what help people become really, really successful. You know, really be able to accumulate a lot of wealth. So uh, have you heard of that, about this particular process yourself, Alan? I have, Monetized yeah. installment sales? Yeah, yeah. We, I learned about it about uh, six months or so ago. Mm-hmm. It's, I, I thought it was brilliant. If you have young clients, it's really not as big of an issue. But let's face it, we're all getting older and we're dealing with more senior uh, citizens, elderly people that have accumulated great wealth. It's great to have an option for them to uh, be able to either pass on the real estate or to take advantage of the cash that they can get from it now. Yeah, I, I think it's great to see more ideas coming out now because as the rules for 1031 tax exchanges just keep getting tweaked bit by bit, making them just a little bit more difficult from, from year to year, mm-hmm. I think some of these great these other ideas are coming to sort of boiling to the top of the surface, and and uh, I'm glad to see it happening. Yes. It's, it's what, you know, I think Sherry said, that it's not what you make that counts, it's what you keep. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and it's it is becoming harder and harder with tax code changes to, you know, to keep that wealth and to protect it, especially with the laws in place. And you know, we have such a litigious society that you have to protect every single investment that you have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when you essentially when you incorporate or you form an entity to protect your real estate, it's almost like uh, a shield against uh, lawsuits. Frivolous yes. lawsuits, whatever kind of lawsuits, and when you start owning, owning multiple real estate uh, properties, I mean, you know, you can really jeopardize a whole lot of, uh, of value for just one little incident. So it's important that people do find ways to shelter their real estate, shelter their investments. And a great way to do that is to talk to Sherry Hill from Sage International. We've got all of Sherry's contact information on our website. Nevada Real Estate Radio, as well as podcasts for this show and other shows as well. So we're encouraging all of our guests and all of our listeners to check out the website. I think you'll like what you see there. My name is Peter Padilla, and I am your host at Nevada Real Estate Radio. Help a lot of people make the right decisions. Many times they just want a referral. They want to know a good plumber, a carpenter, a roofer. We can help all of our listeners with that information. Just give us a call, 775 223 3428 anytime after the show and we will be glad to chat with you. I'm going to continue my conversation with Michelle Holbert from Caliber Home Loans and Alan Zane from Atlas Red Realty after this message from our sponsors. 
This is John Sandberg from Wolf Rifkin, Shapiro, Shulman, and Rapkin. You are listening to Nevada Real Estate Radio with Peter Padilla. Peter Padilla is important to me because he rides motorcycles, and he's just an all-around fabulous guy. Many times, closing a real estate deal fast is the key to getting the great deal done. At Socotra Capital, we help you get the money fast. This is Dave Washburn, Vice President of Loans and Investments at Socotra Capital. We are a hard money lender for real estate transactions that need to close fast, way before banks or institutional financing can complete the deal. We're ready to talk to you about closing your transaction quickly, and we can get you the money fast. Visit www.socotracapitalnevada.com or call 775-420-4990 for a personal appointment. Thank you. Socotra Capital, Nevada is located at 298 Kingsbury Grade, Suite 1G, State Line, Nevada, 89449. David Washburn's NMLS agent number 51269, NMLS 331429, MLD 4075, Company NMLS number 1142425. Socotra Capital, Nevada, Incorporated. The best thing you can do for your business, Nevada Real Estate Radio. Here is your host, Peter Padilla. You're tuned in to Nevada Real Estate Radio. My name is Peter Padilla. Pleased to be with you today on a very nice Nevada day. A lot of our listeners are from California because we are so close to California. And every now and then somebody says to me, why would you want to listen to Nevada Real Estate Radio if you live in California? Well, I think all you have to do is talk to somebody who lives in California. The prices are so much higher in California for a comparable home. The tax issues in California are outrageous compared to what they are in Nevada, even though we are having some challenges here. But, you know, the big thing is that there's so many less people in Nevada. And if you want to get away from the crowds, the traffic, all the hassles of big city living, it's as close as Reno, Nevada, Carson City, Nevada. Fernley, Nevada. Lots of small communities that have great opportunities for people that have the cash to come in and buy homes. And many times people sell a home in California, come to Nevada, and they're blown away by the difference in prices. It's really a great opportunity if you're looking to expand your real estate holdings and you currently live in California. If you want to find out more, I encourage you to talk to any of our experts that are part of Nevada Real Estate Radio. Visit our website, NevadaRealEstateRadio.com, and continue listening to our show because every week we bring in different experts and guests to talk about opportunities here. With us today, Alan Zane. Alan is the broker owner of Atlas Red Realty in Reno, Nevada, and also with us is Michelle Holbert. Michelle is a mortgage loan originator at Caliber Home Loans. Michelle, tell us a little bit about Caliber Home Loans and why it's different than other lending opportunities. Well, Caliber is is actually a, a fairly new company. It's only been in existence less than four years. Our previous company, we were bought by Caliber about mm-hmm. seven, eight months ago. The combination of the two formed the third largest non-bank-owned mortgage company in the nation. Mm-hmm. The nice thing about us is that we're actually owned by a hedge fund, and we have a lot of money working behind the scenes. So that enables us to go directly to Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac for for selling our loans. Mm-hmm. We don't have overlays on our products. We do all the government programs, including bonds, and we have a portfolio program, mm. which, you know, in in general lending terms these days, that's surprising to have an institutional lender like ourselves that has a portfolio program, even on jumbo. Mm-hmm. So 
folks that fall outside of the guidelines for certain things, maybe a recent foreclosure, you know, bankruptcy, short sale, we have product line for, for these people, even if it's a recent event. Like any business, the mortgage lending business is very competitive. You have to have an edge, Absolutely. really, to be able to be really successful. I know your edge is years of experience, a lot of great connections in northern Nevada, but you have to have a good company behind you. Caliber Home Loans, even though it's relatively new, very well established with the people that it has in place. We've got some great people that run our company, and then in each region, there's there's so much experience that it's like everybody's getting the opportunity to take what they know and grow something new and exciting, mm-hmm. something that you know doesn't have old bad habits or you know it's 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 innovation. I, I like mm-hmm. that. I'm glad to be a part of it. Yeah, yeah, it's very cool. I, at the Investors Club at the Reno Sparks Association of Realtors last night, as I walked in, I saw your big sign there. So you guys are already really well established in place you've got great visuals and you know you're part of the of the business here and i I think it's going to be just another great option for people to talk uh, about when it comes to getting a mortgage to purchase a home whether it's primary residence or investment property you can handle both right i do yes primary uh second homes investment properties one to four units Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's kind of exciting for us we actually get referrals from a lot of builders even Mm -hmm. if the builders have their own mortgage companies and other lenders so you know you know you've got some good product line when other lenders are referring you absolutely if they can't do it they know who can yeah alan zane is with us from atlas red realty alan you've known michelle for a while i have i have i think we met 2005 or six or something. It's been quite a while back. Yeah, and you were probably doing a real estate transaction that you were both involved with? Yep, yep. I used to count count on Michelle to help me with uh, with some, some clients that had some tricky situations, and it was good. She did a great job. Well, it's very nice. It's kind of like a reunion here in a way. It is. Yeah. It's good to see Alan. <laughs> so I like all the opportunities going on again in northern Nevada. Even if you look at the small areas within Reno, uh, you see a lot of different changes going on. I have a great friend that lives in the Hidden Valley area, which is on the east side of the Truckee Meadows, just facing Mount Rose. It's a beautiful place. I'm not sure it's going to be hidden all that much longer anymore because there's a thoroughfare going through near there. And it was interesting as I was thinking about that and hearing the two of you talk during the break, you were talking about something called eminent domain. And I know a little bit about eminent domain, which basically means somebody can take over your property if they want to expand public thoroughfares and things of that type. Alan, would you share with our listeners a little bit about eminent domain, and then maybe we can talk a little bit about how that might affect some people as northern Nevada grows in population. Sure. Eminent domain is basically a process where there's certain parts of of property which were currently owned by private citizens, but because of the demographics and the way the the cities and towns have grown, that property is better suited to become something that, that the public needs a little bit more. And that's a touchy, touchy situation because those people still have private property ownership rights as well. Mm-hmm. But, uh, for instance, if you think about Pyramid Way going through Sparks, there's a ton of traffic there. And by widening that road, that's going to that's gonna relieve a ton of t- congestion for 100,000 people, yeah. uh, you know, uh, conservatively. So how do you divest the people from their property but still get them compensated? That's the process of eminent domain. It gets a bad rap. Because in some in some states they've actually done some poor, you know, poor uses of eminent domain. But if it's used, it can be an effective tool for actually creating communities. Mm-hmm. Now, the way that we solve the problem is by by compensating the owners of those properties in ways that can actually make it to where they can move on. Because remember, when they bought the property, they wanted to own it for 
who knows, five years, 10 years, 30 years, 100 years, there's some there's some value to that. That's how they need to be compensated. And that's what we were talking about in, in between our discussion. Yeah, so let me make sure I can understand this correctly. So if you have a home that, let's say, backs up to a thoroughfare, a street, a, a highway, and it's a two-lane highway, and you've got a home there that backs up to it on one side of the road, and and then across the road, there's another subdivision there. People are backed up to the road on both sides. But again, it's just a two-lane highway. If the Department of Transportation, the state, uh, civic entity decides they need to widen that road, the only way to widen it is to tear down some houses, right? That's right. You've got to remove them on one side or both. When the people bought those homes, they weren't buying that home thinking they're only going to be there for a while because it's going to be knocked. I mean, do they give advance notice that these roads could be widened when you're buying a home? Have you ever seen that on a on a title or on any kind of documentation? It's not really on the title or documentation. It's more in your city plans and your you know your master plans and things like that. I mean, you can be aware of it happening. Um, generally, what you'll read about, you'll you, they'll say that it's going to happen, and people usually assume it'll happen 40 years or 50 mm-hmm. years down the road, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, I would bet that first-time home buyers rarely are aware of this kind of thing. They're just wanting to buy a house, right? Yes, yes. A uh, seasoned buyer, a seasoned investor, probably looking at all things related, maybe looking more down the road to these kinds of things. Is that a pretty fair assessment of what how people figured these things out? Yeah, I would, I would think so. I think I don't know about seasoned investor necessarily. It's just going to be someone who maybe wanted to be in the path of progress. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's why they bought in that neighborhood because things were happening there. Mm-hmm. You know, you didn't buy out on you know a dirt road way back in North Washoe County. Mm-hmm. You know, that's probably not going to have even a domain issue. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but Pyramid Highway in Sparks. I mean, it's growing like crazy out there. You bet. And so uh, right now I can see it's obvious. There's no doubt about it. But five, ten years ago, I mean, who would have really thought that there would be that many people that want to live in that, you know, in that area, in that thoroughfare area? As, an, as a realtor, as, as a counselor as you are, when you're talking with your clients, Alan, I would imagine this is something where, where you put some focus on because these are not the normal things that, let's say, a new realtor would be aware of or concerned about for their clients. Yeah, you know, you need to be involved in the community, see what's happening, see see where the progress is. That's all part of networking. That's why you know that's why we're here. Mm-hmm. That's really what I think is the the biggest value to being a realtor to to clients is that we are out. We we kind of know a, a whole lot about a whole bunch of stuff. Um, not not ne- necessarily anything that we specialize in. It's just we're we're our job is to network. Yeah, and so we we know all these things about what's happening and where where things are going. And, uh, and and so w- if you see a property like on Pyramid Way and, you know, like, for instance, I sold one to my client and, and I'm, I was I told him, you know, eventually they're going to widen this road. So you have a natural built-in buyer. It's just a matter of when that's going to be. Uh, and and that exactly is what we were talking about in the break. That's what happened. Well, who, was the, who was this natural built-in buyer you were talking about? Well, this, the, the Department of Transportation. Uh-huh, yep. Because they needed to, to widen the road. And a lot of homes that were there needed to be purchased by the the DOT in order mm-hmm. to in order to, to go forward to, to widen the road. Now just as a caveat, you could say no, I'm never going to sell my property and you could hang on. You could fight a really large legal battle for a very long time and you very well may win. But it's going to be a long haul. I recommend instead be prepared for it and 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 put things in place that will generate the maximum profit from selling your property to, because you know, yes, you might have made a life in that home. But you can make a life in another place as well, mm-hmm. you know? and maybe better because of the the trade off. Because I'm sure there's some compensation that, in this case, the Department of Transportation would offer to the home the displaced homeowner 
to help them uh, upgrade or, or you know find something at the very least comparable. Is that is that sure. right? Sure. Yeah. All the reports that I heard uh, from the Pyramid Way, uh, the uh, eminent domains and things that happened there, um, all of those, everybody, everything that I've heard has been a good positive story. They mm-hmm. they they compensated everyone well. They they took care of them. They tried to help solve the problems. In some cases, they had to relocate people to perhaps maybe even a more expensive area because that's where the like home would have been. They have to be able to purchase a like home within mm-hmm. you know a, the community. And then in the case of our client, um, they got $25,000 compensation to improve the next property they purchased. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's... That that's fair. I mean, could you imagine be the, being the last guy standing on pyramid if you were going to fight the battle? Everybody else around you is their houses are raised. Well, you'd have an exit ramp on one side of your garage and <laughs> yeah, an ramp on the other. That doesn't sound good to me. I <laughs> you know, I love going to New York, and one of the things I like about going to, to New York to Manhattan is that every now and then you see between these two skyscrapers a tiny little house or a tiny little building. The guy refused to sell, right? So uh, the whole city grows around them, and they're still stuck right there in the middle. Sometimes there are organizations, churches that I've seen in New York. It's a really interesting dynamic to see all that going on. You don't see that with thoroughfares, though. You don't see one house sticking out in the middle while there's roads going all around it. They must have a different tactic, or maybe they just make it so attractive I mean, really, who's going to want to live right next to a busy four-lane highway if they have the yeah. option of moving out? And I think it's awesome that it's really more about the house than the price of the house because I would think that an, if an appraisal was done on a house that backs up to a road like, let's say, Pyramid Way, uh, the value wouldn't be nearly as high as it would if it was in a quiet subdivision. But if you've got to displace somebody from that particular house, how hard is it going to be to find a similar type of location? Probably couldn't do it. Probably have to find something with more amenities more to be really comparable to what you had there. Yeah, true. So have you ever heard, Michelle, of anything on the loan side that talks about eminent domain or possible eminent domain? I mean, I would think if I was a lender and I was loaning somebody money to buy a house that was backed up to a, a thoroughfare that had the likelihood of being taken over by eminent domain, I might have questions about whether I wanted to do that loan. Yeah, I, I mean, I, it would have to be because it's speculative, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't know when that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So unless there's something that's been already slotted, then no, we we can't mm-hmm. we can't say that we're not going to lend on this property. Mm-hmm. Now, if there's something that you know we know is happening, then that makes it a different situation. It's already in place. Yeah, right? we can't. You know, you can't speculate because something backs up to a busy street, which you will take a little bit of a, a devaluation on your appraisal because mm-hmm. of that. The appraiser certainly going to knock it down a little bit because mm-hmm. of noise. You know, um, the fact that it backs up to maybe two busy streets or it sits on a corner. You know, there are there are those adjustments to the appraisal, but no, we unless something is actually written in stone, we. We can't speculate. There are those people I know that like to buy commercial property or even raw land next to busy thoroughfares because they hear that the road's going to be expanded Uh or there's going to be a new interchange there. Do you think there's any opportunities for people to buy residential properties in similar situations, knowing that eventually eminent domain is going to be an issue? And can you make money, essentially? When Can you make a profit by buying homes in those areas, do you think? Alan? Well, I think it depends on timing. 
if you bought it August uh, August first and and they're eminent domaining today, they're going to give you what you paid for it, mm-hmm. right? So it so you want to be careful with that. I don't. I don't see the eminent domain issue as something where I would go out as an investor and target that mm-hmm. because there's a lot of there's just a lot of gray area and a lot mm-hmm. of timing issues to you, know, you really can't put together on it. Mm-hmm. Um, we back to the question you had before about the, the lending. Um, I've never heard of a case where where they would force a seller to sell the property like on a short sell or something that would do damage to the owner. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. so as a lender, as a lender, they, they should have really no concerns with that. Because the, the the I've I've seen the cases like in some of those they were short sales on on right there next to pyramid, yeah. and and the, and so they were pay, the loans were paid off. Mm. What a bonus to the people that thought their home was underwater. Well, yeah. So it's the kind of opportunities that are kind of like little golden nuggets mm-hmm. within within the lump of coal that that's happening with Omain. I think is mm-hmm. how you, you you kind of see it. But as far as being an investor going out searching for it, I don't know. Kind of a needle in a haystack. I think there's yeah. better opportunities. That's my opinion. We'll be back after this break. Buying investment real estate is a big decision. Getting the right mortgage is critical. This is Michelle Holbert, NMLS 184194 and MLB 3723 from Caliber Home Loans. With today's extremely affordable mortgage interest rates, you have the opportunity to step into what could be your best investment purchase of a lifetime. When you find the right property at the right price, you'll need to be pre-approved for your mortgage to lock in your deal with the seller. Caliber Home Loans is ready to talk with you about getting a mortgage to purchase real estate. Visit www.michelleholbert.com, and that's M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E-H-U-L-B-E-R-T.com, or call 775-284-1922. This is Michelle Holbert from Caliber Home Loans. Thank you. Caliber Home Loans, located at 6530 South McCarran Boulevard, Reno, Nevada, 89509. Sage International Incorporated sparks and fuels the entrepreneurial spirit by providing the strategies, information, education, tools, resources, and ongoing support services that will lay a solid foundation under a business owner's dream. If you're thinking of starting a business and you're not sure where to begin, Sage International Incorporated offers a free 30-minute consultation. Call 1-800-254-5779. That's 1-800-254-5779. Or visit sageintl.com. You're tuned in to Nevada Real Estate Radio right here on KFOY 1060 AM. Nevada Real Estate Radio. We've helped thousands of people make good decisions when they're looking to buy or sell investment property. There's no guarantees, so we always recommend that you talk to the experts that can help you make those decisions. Talk to your accountant. Talk to your CPA. Talk to your attorney if you need to. And talk to qualified lenders and realtors to make sure you're going in the right direction. Everybody wants to make a sale nowadays. Many people get paid on commission, so it's just about turning over that sales flow chart and bringing in new clients. You've got to ask yourself and ask the people you work with if they really care about you. A decision that you make in real estate could literally change your life. You can change it for the better or it can spiral downhill. The last thing you want is an unhappy spouse because you bought a piece of real estate that didn't fit your needs or is losing money. You've got to talk to these professionals. Alan is the broker owner of Atlas Red Realty. Hope you're doing well and enjoying being on the show today, Alan. 
Michelle Holbert is with us as well. She's a mortgage loan originator at Caliber Home Loans, and I hope you're enjoying being here too, Michelle. So when people come to talk to you, Michelle, about getting a mortgage, they have to bring the things that you need, documentation. They actually have to qualify for the mortgage nowadays, which is in many ways different than it was five, seven, eight years ago when there were exotic loans. I know a loan called the No Document Loan, the Low Document Loan, well, they put the liar's loan. What, what was the loan with a stated income, right? The liar's loan. That's where you, in those days, borrowers <laughs> could come in and say, this is how much money I make, and you didn't need to look at any paperwork. Right. It was just really, really crazy. Those kinds of loans, are they, they're not out there anymore. No, they're really not. I mean, there's, I, I did see something probably six months ago where some mortgage company was toying with it. I, I don't know if it ever took off, but you know, if we go back in time, I mean, I've been a lender for a long time, so I've seen the ups and downs of, of these programs. And when these programs first came to light, which were basically stated income loans, mm-hmm. in most cases, it was the complexity of the tax return analysis. Mm-hmm. They stated they made X amount of dollars per month. The fact that they had a large down payment, which back at that time was 25% down, and had good credit. So with those two factors, 25% down in good credit, statistically, the odds of default were very, very low, regardless of really what the income piece was Mm -hmm. because they were putting so much money down. Well, you fast forward to the early 2000s when all of a sudden those stated income loans now became, instead of a high FICO score, now they were a lower FICO score, maybe a 660, maybe a 640, and at the very end, 620 FICO scores. Not only that, they coupled the low FICO scores with zero down payments. Now you've got problems. Now you? you've yeah. got huge problems. No money down, low FICO, and stating your income, not even proving your income. Correct. That's, that's really a, what was going on at the end before the mortgage meltdown. Yeah. Probably a big part of the reason that we had the mortgage belt down. You know, had we not had those programs available, had we kept them at a reasonable down payment, let's say 20% down, mm-hmm. and maybe a higher FICO score, I guarantee we wouldn't have the issues out there that we that we had. Would we have had some pullback, you know, some, some loss of value? Of course. Mm-hmm, but a lot of folks were buying these properties because, let's put this into perspective too, people were able to buy investment properties with 0 to 5% down at the very end. Yeah, because I know people were buying primary residence, and that's how they were getting the loan as a primary residence loan, and they wouldn't even move in. Yeah. They'd be, they had a buyer lined up right away. It was happening so fast. People were making ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars $20,000 or more on a flip, and it was a matter of just days even that this could be done after somebody purchased a home. It was all good until – Things started to melt down. It was kind of like a Ponzi scheme in a way, in that the base was growing real fast. And if you, but if you bought toward the end, I mean, that you you lost it. I think the the peak of the market was probably latter '05, early '06, mm-hmm. and I still run into a, a an occasional client that bought during that time that is is still underwater. Yeah. And you know, even as much as our market has gone up, you, you know that that's how high. You know, we were back at that time if somebody out there was still underwater. Well, you know, a lot of the people that realized they were underwater early, they were the first ones that started to do these new kind of sales called short sales. Uh Many people hadn't heard about short sales in 2004, 2005. But when we got to six and seven, suddenly there was talk about short sales. Most people didn't know at that time what they meant, but 
what they really were talking about was selling the home for less than it's worth, getting out of the mortgage, and then going through that recovery period so they could get back in the market. And I remember when people were doing that, a lot of chatter was going on saying, boy, these people, are, they're, they're stupid. They're going to ruin their credit. They're gonna, they'll never own a home again. They're losers. They're, you know, they're now looking back, the people that did those early probably were some of the smartest people because they recovered after just a few years. They did, and actually they were probably able to buy while the guidelines were still evolving. Mm-hmm. And the, the guidelines have tightened over the past few years for short sales. Yeah. You know, There was a point in time where you could do a short sale right away if you didn't have any mortgage lates mm-hmm. um, or within a year or even two years. Now that th- that policy is tightened with all the agencies, you're right. at two years on a VA, three years on a FHA, and four years on a conventional. Mm-hmm. And you know, seven years on a jumbo, maybe, mm-hmm. uh, unless you do a portfolio. Um, so, yeah, they were, you know, the people that did it early probably fared a little bit better. Uh, surprisingly, we still see some people hanging on. I've um, recently closed on closed loans for clients who purchased short sales, and you kind of think, wow, I thought they were all gone. Yeah. <laughs> Guess not. And a lot of folks that really did hang on, their values have come back. We, we've actually had a surge of refinances recently um, for people that are able to go back in and maybe combine a first and a second or um, pull a little equity out to do home improvements or get rid of PMI. So there's, there's been some positives out there. If it, just as a side note, too, you know, you think back to what we know now versus what we did back in 2005. And so many people took equity out of their homes to buy things, right. toys, mm-hmm. and not putting the money back into their house. And it's interesting because a lot of the p- folks that did short sell or foreclose did that. And yeah. you know, if you eliminated, let's say, that piece of the puzzle and the, or that piece of the you know the, the market, and then the ones that did the stated incomes with mm-hmm. very little down you may not have had a housing collapse at all. Right. I think people were using their homes as ATMs. Absolutely, Just suck they some were. more cash out of it. And I'm kind of afraid sometimes when I talk to people that are new into the real estate market and they're telling me about this equity that's growing, they've got 50000 more and more because they bought four or five years ago and mm-hmm. they bought at the sweet spot. And now they've got all this equity in there and they're thinking, wow, we can get some cash out and buy a new car or go on vacation. And I caution them not to do that because that's where the problems were down yeah. the road. But I think it's important for people to protect that equity that they have, not only get it, but to protect it. I appreciate what you're saying. I'm glad you're with us on the show today. We haven't had a chance to talk about the commercial market yet, but we do have our report here from Floyd Rowley at the Johnson Group, and we're going to follow up with that on our next break. Please stay tuned. We'll be back after this message. This is Brian Cassidy, Chief Operating Officer of Junk King in Reno, Nevada. You are listening to Nevada Real Estate Radio with Peter Padilla. Peter Padilla is a knowledgeable resource for our company when it comes to public relations. Thank you, Peter. So, you're thinking about buying investment real estate. Getting the right mortgage is a critical part of your decision. This is Lou Carr, Branch Manager of Summit Funding in Sparks, Nevada. With today's extremely affordable mortgage interest rates, you have the opportunity to step into what could be the best investment purchase you'll ever make. How do you go about it? First, get pre-approved with a mortgage lender like Summit Funding. Then, find the right property at the right price. 
Summit Funding is ready to talk with you about getting a mortgage to purchase real estate. Visit summitfunding.net slash L-C-A-R-R. That's S-U-M-M-I-T-F-U-N-D-I-N-G dot net forward slash L-C-A-R. Or call 775-626-0775 for personal service. This is Lou Carr from Summit Funding, NMLS number 258750, NMLS number 3199, and NMLS number 1042857. Thank you. Summit Funding Incorporated is located at 5931 Los Altos Parkway, Suite 105, Sparks, Nevada, 89436. Sage International Incorporated sparks and fuels the entrepreneurial spirit by providing the strategies, information, education, tools, resources, and ongoing support services that will lay a solid foundation under a business owner's dream. If you're thinking of starting a business and you're not sure where to begin, Sage International Incorporated offers a free 30-minute consultation. Call 1-800-254-5779. That's 1-800-254-5779. Or visit sageintl.com. This is Michael Cassidy, CEO of Junk King in Reno, Nevada. You are listening to Nevada Real Estate Radio with Peter Padilla. Peter Padilla is very important to us because of the public relations expertise that he brings to our firm and our community. Welcome to Nevada Real Estate Radio. This is Peter Padilla, your host, and I'm also your host at Sage International. If you'd like to come to visit with us about any questions related to your business, we work with helping form corporations, limited liability companies, limited partnerships. Many of our clients are real estate investors or want to be real estate investors that need advice and guidance on how to protect their real estate holdings. We recommend that they form an entity to create a shield between creditors, frivolous lawsuits, and you and your property. We get all our advice from the wealth protection diva, Sherry Hill. She's the president and owner of Sage International. Give us a call anytime after the show, 1-800-254-5779. Also, not able to be a guest today. He was tied up on another project. Dave Washburn. Dave is a hard money lender at Socotra Capital. You know, we talk about pulling the trigger on real estate deals, but the challenge for some people is that many times the sellers want to close really fast and they want cash. If you're wanting to buy a piece of property and you've got everything together, but you're depending on your loan to come through, which sometimes can take 30 days or so to close, you don't want to miss that opportunity. Dave Washburn at Socotra Capital can help you with a hard money loan for a very short amount of time. It could actually help you close a deal that will generate thousands of dollars for just a small cost if the property meets the guidelines of Socotra Capital. Want to find out more about getting a hard money loan to purchase property or even raw land? Yes, they will do a hard money loan to purchase raw land if the situation is right. Call Dave Washburn at Socotra Capital, 775-420-4990. Tell him Peter Padilla sent you, and if you've missed any part of his phone number, just visit our website, nevadarealestateradio.com. 
I'm enjoying my conversation today with Michelle Holbert from Caliber Home Loans and with Alan Zane. He's the owner broker of Atlas Red Realty. Alan, do you deal in any commercial property in addition to the residential and multifamily units that you have talked about so far on the show today? Yes, we sure do. We have a couple of agents in our office as well, and they do the same thing. And commercial real estate. Okay, mm-hmm. so uh, for the years we've been looking at commercial real estate because it seems to kind of lead or lag, but it runs in somewhat uh, in, in, in synchrony with the general housing market and it looks like commercials doing really well in northern nevada how's it looking to you do you see new things coming together yeah yeah i i think that when the tesla announcement came out that was when the commercial real estate sector really started to take back off again mm-hmm. was because uh, not not that tesla's really generated that many jobs or or that much uh, pro, uh, uh, you know economy but the fact that when a big company like, like Tesla says, I'm going to Reno, I'm moving to Reno, mm-hmm. the whole rest of the world all looked around and they all said, where's Reno? Yeah. And yeah. they started coming here. And then, and I, th- and what I, what I, what I think happened is that when they started sending scouts out to see where Reno was and they got here and they saw just how it is, our, our lifestyle, the way we have four seasons, the way there's, there's a lake, everything's within half an hour, 40 minutes from here. Mm-hmm. There's so many different things to do. It's a very eclectic um, um, environment as well as you know we're starting to get some art and just think of all the things that we do in Reno oh yeah and mm-hmm. and that's making them take a look at Reno and they're coming here they're opening up shop you're right Tesla was the big announcement and we know that many other companies now are looking at Reno have made commitments to move to northern Nevada but it all started with this electric car maker Tesla of course they do a lot of other things we have found out since then they build batteries they want to power your home 100% with batteries uh, who knows, you know, we might even be flying into space in a Tesla spaceship or a, maybe the Tesla automobile of the future will be able to do that. When you look at the statistics and what people are talking about, I'd like to look at the different entities in northern Nevada. One of them is called EDON, Economic Development Association of Western Nevada. They're projecting a growth of 50,000 new jobs in the next five years. 50,000, that's like a city or two cities. When you talk about 50,000 new jobs, in most cases, you're talking about people that have families. The average is maybe two people. So you're talking about 100,000 people. Now, I do know that Tesla has made a commitment to hire a lot of local people, a lot of people that are already living in northern Nevada that already have jobs. But if they were to hire those people, they're going to be hiring them away from their current jobs, and that means that those employers are going to need to look to fill those jobs as well. So I really think that we're, we're very likely going to see – 50,000 new people moving to northern Nevada in the next five years. Alan, do you think that all of those new jobs are going to mean growth for just Reno or, or maybe some of the smaller communities around Reno? Yeah, I think the smaller community as well as Reno, I think altogether. I grew up in Elko, and in Elko, it's a very bust and boom economy. It's, 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 it's driven it's by gold? Is that driven, driven by gold, that's okay. correct. It's mm-hmm. driven by gold. And so there's no people, and then all of a sudden, gold, it, it becomes time to do exploratory and then all and then all the drillers come to town and then pretty soon all of the people start coming behind because they're finding gold and then they start hiring and so yep. on and so forth. I've seen this three times in my life. So I equate this Tesla announcement and what's happening here very similar to what happens in a boom and bust type of Elko type of economy. Mm-hmm. Um, because when these when these jobs are going to come here, we don't have enough houses, we don't have enough roads, we don't have enough sewer plant, and all of these things generate a ton of work and a ton of activity and productivity for people to come here and get and get to work and start making money. I know a lot of uh, 
a lot of uh, tenants are telling me, I, I get a lot of anecdotal stuff from tenants, and they tell me that they're, they're worried because the rents are going up, mm-hmm. and they are, and, and that, that's going to continue. But as they start hiring more people away from these, from these companies to go to Tesla, even if they hire local people, that's going to start generating higher wage increases as well because it's a fact of supply and demand and competition. Mm-hmm. So that, those higher wages, those higher payments and everything, that's going to generate higher incomes, which is going to generate more real estate and more jobs. So it's, it's kind of a self-funding type of a thing for quite some time. Nobody likes to talk about booms or busts especially as quickly as we've got through our mortgage meltdown. But it really is something that we were looking at as a potential boom in jobs and a housing boom. But this time, it's going to be based on job growth more so than just the overall economy and speculation. So I do see some differences from the growth of real estate and the real estate market in the mid-2000s. When you talk about Elko, the gold market, well, gold goes way up and down. I mean, one month it's $1,900, and the next month, like now, it's around $1,000, $1,100. It's a huge difference. When we talk about companies like Tesla and Switch and all these high-tech companies coming to northern Nevada, you know, I see a different, different angle on that because it seems like technology continues to advance. There's constant new, new innovation, which means new uh, hardware, new software, new engineers, new people. I, I mean, I, I kind of feel, I really feel, this one has legs. This is going to be different. Michelle, how do you feel about this growth cycle that we're in now compared to the one in the mid-2000s? Well, the one in the mid-2000s was speculation. You know, when you're when people are buying investment properties that wouldn't ever cash flow in a million years, you know, you know you've got, and 35% of our business was investment. Um, we had issues. Now it is a little bit different. At least there is you're starting to see the jobs and and I I haven't seen a Tesla job yet. I haven't seen a switch job yet, but I have seen some of the the companies that are hiring from outside the areas, the hospitals, the other technology companies in our area. We're doing a lot of relocations from other areas with large salaried personnel. Mm-hmm. And that I think that's the the key to getting this going. And I, you know, healthcare professionals, that's a great that I can stand on that one because your average nurse might make, you know, seventy five thousand dollars a year if they're if they're tenured. So you're and we're seeing doctors, we're seeing hospital administrators come in, we're seeing high income personnel, which is something we've needed for a long time because we've got to support the top end of our market to keep the bottom end going. That's right. So, it's, it's really a lot like so nature. I, yeah. yeah, and I do I do see a little bit of, of difference this time around. So that's mm-hmm. exciting. And I think, you know, there's still a lot of speculation out mm-hmm. there, but at least there's something that you can, you know, something tangible to back it up this time. Right. really seems like we have a lot more substance. The, the other thing that um, Floyd Rowley's report talked about that I really love is in his headline says that the airplanes are coming back to Reno. Now, at first, I thought, well, are we going to be building airplanes in Reno? But in looking deeper at the story, here's what he talked about. He said that there's so many more flights coming into Reno than ever before because of this new growth and the projected growth. On July 1st, Alaska uh, returned. Alaska Airlines returned with twice daily Reno uh, flights out of the, the airport. On May 28th, JetBlue started daily nonstops to New York, John F. Kennedy Airport. And then uh, coming in November, we're going to see more flights to Boise, Idaho. And it just seems like the the market is continuing to grow. I mean, we have an 
international flight going to Guadalajara twice a week, and a lot of people are flying down there and back. And, and I mean, they're just looking at Reno. The whole world, all the airlines are looking at Reno as a whole different kind of destination. We've had the great outdoors, and we still have the great outdoors. The gaming market is still here. But with this new technology, I'm starting to see the opportunity to, to get a different type of clientele coming onto our streets. should be great opportunities for all of us in this, this business. I think that's very exciting news. You know, the flights have been so limited these past few years. I actually have a, a, a contact who is um, a private – they run a private jet service – and they're expanding mm-hmm. considerably. So yeah. there's a lot of uh, not only the, the commercial airliners coming to the area again, um, but the private the private sector with you know people that own private planes is definitely expanding. And, and you know I'm surprised that the builders aren't more active. I know that they're cautious because they got burned yeah. so bad, but it just seems to me like builders are going to have to continue doing what they're doing because. I mean, we don't have 51,000. No. Or we, we don't. don't have 10,000. We don't have 5,000 homes for sale, uh, new homes for sale. And the builders have been really going kind of slow. I think their biggest building year was in 2005. They built 6,000 homes. And really, what Fred's projections say is that we need 9,000 new homes built each year for the next five years in order to meet this demand. Even if we hit half of that, which I, I doubt that we can hit based on today's, we'd still be way short of what we need, but way ahead of where we've been. Uh, it's just really amazing the opportunities that are coming here. And uh, I think that's that's what people should be thinking about if they're thinking, it doesn't matter whether they're buying investment property, but even primary residence. Many times, a primary residence today is going to turn into investment property tomorrow. Absolutely. That's the, that's the natural transition. Um, I was at Homer's Association out in the North Valleys, and one of the things, there were a couple of uh, uh, county commission members that were there as well. And it was just a, it was a good meeting. They were talking about um, the North Valley. If you live in the North Valley, you 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 see that the traffic is absolutely horrible coming in and out of town. Mm-hmm. You know, for the eight to five shifts and things. And they're actually working right now on changing the zoning on a huge portion of the land out there to make it more commercial. Uh, more commercially zoned so they can create more jobs in the North Valleys. That way people wouldn't have to be driving into the center of the city. Correct. Mm-hmm. And then also the uh, at the same time, the, the, the airport authority was out there as well, and they were going over a proposal they're working on right now that uh, was a 5,000-acre uh, development of the, of the, the Reno, or the, 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 Stead Air, uh, the Stead Air Base out there. Mm-hmm. And that's gonna, and so they're going to, they really want to make that into like a planned community out there um, that, that are uh, businesses and and and, and re, uh, commercial and retail that, that that can be around an airport and that sort of thing, and, and so I think you're going to see some huge. And that was a 20 year plan, by the way. But that really feeds right into exactly what we're talking about. If you if you got more airplanes coming in, they need a place to park the airplanes and to land the yeah. airplanes. We have another airport right there. Yeah, yeah. And, and they're they're going to build that infrastructure in anticipation of those additional flights coming in. Mm-hmm. So I think you can expect a a, a very large boom from multiple levels. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's so many, so much to talk about. I want to just read a few more of the highlights on this report from Fred Rowley at the Johnson Group. Major planned under construction apartments, uh, 7,578 units versus 2420 a year ago. Another headline, Tesla grabs a large plot of land. Uh, another headline, uh, second quarter, 2000. And 15 multi-family, uh, multifamily sales and analysis. 
Uh, there's a good report, uh, good documentation on what's happened in that area. Uh, he's talking about ex Apple, the company Apple, expanding its data center uh, here this year. And uh, the pipeline is going to provide, the, the pipeline that's being worked on to provide more water to the new homes in the North Valleys. And of course, downtown, we have the Virginia Street Bridge replacement. So there's something going on all over northern Nevada. And I'm glad that our listeners are tuned in so that they can get updated and pull the right decision when they're looking at real estate, whether it's in for investment or for primary residence. Running out of time. Love to ch chat with you more. But hopefully, Alan Zane, you will come back and visit us again sometime soon. I'll definitely be back. And Michelle Holbert from Caliber Home Loans. It's been great to have you here. Talk to a lender before you make any real estate deals. You need mm -hmm. to know what you can do up front. I'd like to thank our listeners for tuning in as well. We're on every week right here. Same time, same station. Tell your friends, your family, your loved ones to tune in too. And we will enjoy our conversation with you again next week. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Goodbye. You've been listening to Nevada Real Estate Radio with Peter Padilla. We value your listenership and appreciate your feedback. Want to talk with Peter? Send an email to peter at nevadarealestateradio.com.